The Leslie Marshall Show, the only true democracy in talk radio, of, for, and by you, the people. Live nationwide and streaming live at LeslieMarshallShow.com. Call in with your thoughts at 888-6-LESLIE. Good afternoon and welcome to the Leslie Marshall Show. This is Mark Romaldi, Leslie's executive producer, filling in for her today. Uh, Today we are going to be joined by two, uh, actually three different guests, two different guests during uh, this hour in uh, which we're discussing uh, Giving Tuesday and uh, some charitable organizations uh, ahead of next week's uh, holiday, Giving Tuesday, which is on uh, next Tuesday, December 1st. Uh, And then in the 5 o'clock hour, we'll be joined by good friend of the show, Nicholas Wapshot, who is the opinion editor for Newsweek as well as an author. And we're going to be talking about uh, the latest uh, xenophobic statement by Republican frontrunner Donald Trump. Um, and he's going to be uh, joining us regarding uh, that topic as well, uh, like I said, from 5 to 6. And uh, first in this hour, we are joined by Jamie McDonald, who is the founder of Generosity, Inc. Jamie's mission is to spur people to give, act, and innovate on behalf of communities, causes, and schools. Uh, today, Jamie serves as the head of civic campaign for 92Y, the founders of Giving Tuesday, and she supports the leaders of more than 50 civic campaigns around the country. Jamie, thanks for uh, joining us here at the Leslie Marshall Show today, and uh, we appreciate you coming on. Hey, it's my pleasure. Thanks for the opportunity. Absolutely. So this kind of came to my attention. Um, I had heard about it, you know, full disclosure, I had heard about it before, um, actually on Twitter. I think it was... uh, Last year or the year before was the first I had heard of it, Um, and, you know, I knew it was coming up this year, and I knew this opportunity was coming about, and as someone who, um, over the past two or three years, I've been getting more into giving to charities uh, than ever before uh, in my past. Um, I, just for personal note for the audience, uh, you know, like a lot of Americans, I think as you get older, you start to... Um, hopefully anyway, think about more than yourself. You think about your community. You think about uh, the world as a whole. As, you know, we learn more kind of about everything around us, you know, we see that there's so many um, organizations and people that are worthy of uh, help and charity. Um, And around the holidays, you know, the true spirit of the holiday season is really uh, giving back and, you know, about the people around you. And that doesn't just include your family. It includes, like I said, your community and, and those in need around the world. So, you know, I went from kind of just uh, making some donations to myself to um, starting to stop asking for when people would ask me what I want. Instead of asking for Christmas presents, I'd ask for them to donate to, uh, you know, my favorite charitable organizations. But it was kind of, you know, it was my own thing, which is good. I think everybody should have that. 
but I didn't really realize that there was kind of a whole um, holiday and, and a lot more behind it uh, that people can do besides just these, you know, little donations here and there. There's a big driving force uh, behind this, so and that is Giving Tuesday. So before we get further into that, why don't you go ahead and tell our audience, uh, for those who are, are not familiar or maybe just have a little bit of an idea about Giving Tuesday, what it exactly is. Sure. Um and I think your experience really reflects, in some ways, the reason that Giving Tuesday came to be. Um, you know, for for the uh, Henry Timms at the 92nd Street Y, <clears throat> and a couple of his colleagues around the country who are sort of broadly in the sort of the the, the, the social sector, they were looking in 2012 at just the incredible flood of. Um, of advertising and promotion that happens, you know, these days, earlier and earlier in the fall, um, kind of leading into the December shopping season. And, um, and you know, at some point, just a couple of months, you know, before uh, before Giving Tuesday 2012, its first year, you know, they, they decided that there was there was an interesting opportunity to think about whether or not you could inspire people to begin to rethink December as the season of giving. And so, you know, playing off of that that sort of Thanksgiving, Black Friday, Cyber Monday period, they instituted, um, they, they sort of put out there in the public, you know, this idea of Giving Tuesday. And and in its, in its first year, I wasn't affiliated with them at the time, but I was, you know, I was just a a citizen in Baltimore, you know, pretty involved with a lot of nonprofits uh, through some through my work, and um, and heard about Giving Tuesday. And I, like so many people around the country, that first year, just heard it and thought, like, this is something I want to be part of. And you know, and I, and in that first year, there were a few hundred organizations around the country. It um, it was. You know, it was a day that that captured the country's imagination um, in in a meaningful but but sort of small way that first year. But there were there were some large uh, philanthropies that noted what had happened on Giving Tuesday. There was, you know, you mentioned that you heard it on or that you saw it on Twitter. Um, the the social uh, channels were sort of full of people sharing their Giving Tuesday experiences. And it was very authentically sort of grassroots and um, and 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 about engaging people in whatever form of of giving appeal to them, and and I think that that was sort of what spurred you know really sort of spurred the movement forward, and then in 2013, you know in some ways the first sort of movement that, the first year that the movement was real, they just exploded, and so Giving Tuesday 2013. You know, I think all of us who've been involved from the beginning were just shocked at what the reception to it in year two was like, and the you know the number of celebrities that got involved, and the number of uh, communities around the country that got involved, and obviously the number of nonprofits and donors. And I think that it really is reflective of the fact that, again, like your experience, there's a real, I think, hunger in our world now for you know, people really to feel like they can matter and make a difference. You know, we all spend so much of our life busy and running around and increasingly, you know, sort of in front of screens that I think the chance to take a take a day and step back and really think about how you can make a difference in your community is really appealing to people. And I think that's been a huge part of the growth of Giving Tuesday. 
Now, you talked about its growth, and I think a lot of people, you know, it was interesting how it came about. You know, people, uh, you know, started noticing, you know, as far as the the holiday season, the holiday shopping season, I guess we should really say, uh, you know, especially um, moving up, you know, more and more each year. We've seen, you know, a lot of companies start actually making their employees come in on Thanksgiving, you know, which has spurred a lot of different reactions, but a lot of strong reactions by people who are displeased by it, even people who don't have to go into work themselves, you know, you're seeing more companies react to the consumers who are saying this is wrong. Uh, we don't believe people should have to work on Thanksgiving. They should have, they should be able to spend time with their families. So there's been kind of a, a blowback, I guess you would say, um, for the way the season's going. But then you also see people still spending, you know, money at some of these stores. Um, but I think the theme really is that people are looking for something else. You know, a lot of people, there was the initial frustration about the season and where it was heading and that it was already about just spending money on stuff we didn't need. And then we felt like we were trapped in a cycle of each year, you know, you see it earlier and earlier. And then, you know, when there was the, you know, basically people uh, were already feeling that way that you needed something else. And then this comes along. So I think it kind of it feels like it needed those two different forces to meet in order to become what it, it has. But I think that also shows the potential for where it can go. Um, and if we look at this year, for instance, uh, you know, talking about some, you know, big goals um, that have been made uh, for Giving Tuesday, um, I'm, I've am i read that PayPal, uh, for example, is attempting to set a Guinness World Record uh, for Giving Tuesday this year by uh, going after the most money raised online for a charity in 24 hours. I know last year they enabled uh, a record amount of giving around the world by helping charities raise $5.7 billion through their um, charitable giving platform. And speaking of, you know, the dollars and cents behind it, this is a real movement that's uh, basically showing real resort, uh, results. Excuse me. Um, and we know that, that the opportunity is there because um, during the last uh, five weeks of the year, uh, at least 24% of all charitable na- donations are made. And last year, um, that amounted to $358 billion um, in 2014. And we're, ju- we're talking about just the last five weeks of the year. So the opportunity is definitely there. So now that you know we've noticed that and it's starting to um, get some more notoriety, how can uh, it kind of grow into something bigger? And what do you think are some some goals? It seems like, you know, with it being a, a very grassroots idea and very organic, it's kind of going in a lot of different directions, which is not necessarily a bad thing, especially something like this where you have so many charities that can be donated to. I guess my question is, you know, the narrative, how do you keep that authentic feeling but still make sure that you can set goals and achieve them that are going to make Giving Tuesday a success for the charities that they want to help. So I think, you know, that's that's a whole series of interesting observations, and there's a lot in there. Uh, that I Sorry, think I kind of threw about. it all at you there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but let me start with your last uh, point first, and then maybe we can dig into some of the other points that you made. Absolutely. So, you know, so in terms of goals and and um and metrics and that sort of thing. I think one of the reasons that Giving Tuesday has captured the imagination of so many people around the world is because it's this it's this very sort of homegrown movement, even though it's it's really 
quite large and global now. I mean, it really has become the first ever global day of giving. You know, we expect giving this year from more than 70 countries around the world. Um, you know, you can imagine that. That's, you know, millions of citizens, tens of thousands of nonprofits and NGOs. And, um, and, and so it has, even in countries where there's sort of that, not that natural sort of Thanksgiving, Black Friday, Cyber Monday tie-in, just the philosophy and the ethos of the movement has really, you know, captured the imagination of people all around the globe. But at the same time, the founders of Giving Tuesday, the folks at the 92nd Street Y, have been very deliberate about staying away from goals that have to do with, you know, money and metrics. Because the reality is that Giving Tuesday is a movement that while it is responsible for, you know, for generating a huge amount of giving um, in this country and, and around the world, you know, we who who sort of are the, the ambassadors for the movement really view it first and foremost as a day of generosity and gratitude in all forms. So we really encourage, uh, beyond monetary giving, we encourage people to think about volunteering. We encourage people to think about advocating on behalf of a cause they care about. We just encourage small acts of kindness. You know, if you have a an elderly, you know, homebound neighbor, take over a casserole. I mean, it's it is really meant to be a movement that is that is focused on those sort of the, the, the broader tenets of generosity and gratitude and not just sort of the financial piece, which is about giving. With that said, nonprofits have recognized that it is a day that is so um, – so much in the news cycle now that it's a tremendous opportunity to to go out to supporters and say on this day of you know generosity and gratitude around the world you know we hope you'll help us to accomplish this and so many nonprofits are tapping into that spirit of giving tuesday to um you know to to build support for their mission to make sure that they're you know that they're ready to head into 2016 with, you know, with adequate funds to, you know, to do their good work. And and you're absolutely right that December is a make-or-break time of the year for nonprofits in this country. You know, in that last month of the year, it's, you know, some years it's as much as a third of all fundraising, you know, in the, in the, from the entire year happens in that last month. And so you can imagine that if you're a nonprofit that, you know, exists, based on the generosity of your supporters, that that's a month when you have to be sure that you're telling your inspiring stories, that you're making sure that that supporters and potential supporters understand how your work can make a difference in the community. Because at, you know, at its heart, that's really what it's all about, is that there are citizens and neighbors, you know, that that are all around us that have needs that you know, today are increasingly met by nonprofits in our communities. And so, you know, this is this is the beginning of the giving season. You know, we often think of Giving Tuesday, you know, as the launch of the giving season. And so, you know, so it's a tremendous opportunity for, you know, for donors and nonprofits and volunteers and activists to sort of all join together in this day of generosity and gratitude to be sure that, you know, that we are – making as positive an impact as we can on our our neighbors and and friends in need. 
Jamie, great answer there, and thank you for going in depth. Um, you know, as far as the the topic, I want to talk a little bit more about that because I think you bring up a good point. If, even if people don't have the financial wherewithal to donate, they have a lot of opportunities on Giving Tuesday, and I like the way that you explained it. Um, we want to get your calls in as well if you'd like to talk about Giving Tuesday. What do you think of the idea? Is this the first time you've heard about it, or have you already partaken in it? Um, do you plan on uh, doing so this year? If so, what are some thoughts, uh, some things that you want to do for Giving Tuesday? Let us know. You can speak with uh, Jamie and myself by calling 888-6LESLIE. That's 888-653-7543. We'll be right back after this quick commercial break. Leslie Marshall, the simple truth in a complicated world. 888-6LESLIE. Marshall Show. This is Mark Grimaldi, Leslie's executive producer, uh, filling in for Leslie. She will be uh, back in this Wednesday on air. You'll be able to hear uh, a special pre-recorded uh, interview that she did before Thanksgiving. And uh, for now, we are joined by a great guest, Jamie McDonald, the founder of Generosity.inc. Jamie's mission is to spur people to give, act, and innovate on behalf of communities, causes, and schools. And today she serves as the head of Civic Campaign for 92Y, which are the founders of Giving Tuesday, which is what we're talking about. Uh, we just have a short segment here, so I just want to recap on a thought that Jamie gave, and then we're going to let her uh, comment some more after the break if you'd like to join her or myself. The number's 8886-LESLIE. But she touched on the fact that Giving Tuesday is more than just putting up a goal, you know, let's raise this amount of money, and, you know, that's the whole mission. Um, she gave a great example of if you have a neighbor that's less fortunate and you just want to, you know, cook a dish for them or maybe, you know, come over and just, just talk to them and, you know, spend some time with them um if it's you know an, el an elderly widow or someone who doesn't have time or something in uh or doesn't have relatives that have can spend time with them uh, around thanksgiving but something that's more organic of a holiday so we want to talk about if this is the first time you've heard of giving tuesday what are some ideas that you might do in your community um or some causes that you'd like to bring attention to uh that you think would be worthy to be mentioned on air that you think people should donate their time, uh, money, or resources to. Uh, please share your ideas with us at 8886-LESLIE. That's 888-653-7543. And what do you think about this holiday where instead of we're buying, 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 like Black Friday or Cyber Monday, uh, giving instead. It's Giving Tuesday. Uh, it's going to be Tuesday, December 1st, which is Tuesday of next week. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back to the Leslie Marshall Show. This is Mark Romaldi, Leslie's executive producer. In for Leslie today, I am joined by Jamie McDonald, who is the founder of Generosity Inc. We are talking about Giving Tuesday. Uh, before the break, we started talking a little bit more about what you could do on Giving Tuesday. So you're welcome to uh, join us and let us know. The number is 8886-LESLIE. That's 888-653-7543. A couple other uh, things that I found in doing my research, for those of you who maybe are not familiar um, 
with donating online or haven't done it much. Uh, I did find out, um, Jamie, you're probably very familiar with this. There's a website called charitynavigator.org, which can help people find uh, some of the best and most legitimate charities. It provides, uh, if you are going to donate that way anyway, um, it provides uh, rating, uh, rating based on the charity's financial health, transparency, and accountability, and it tracks how efficiently the charity will use your donation and how uh, well it has sustained its program and services over time. Um, there's also some opportunities. Maybe people, you know, are looking to get something in return when they donate to charity. There's not anything necessarily wrong with that. There's some opportunities where you can buy uh, a gift card and percentages of that gift card will go to a charity or some organizations, the whole amount will go to the charity. Uh, a lot of organizations are encouraging their children to get involved in donating from a young age, maybe just donating their allowance for a week. We'll kind of teach them um you know, we're talking now more about the the season itself. Instead of you know, gimme, 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 it'll teach them about uh, giving to others. Um, and that was kind of what where we started off. I think you know, you finished with the last point I went to, but initially we were talking about kind of how the holiday season has morphed into something where it's just you know a lot about retail and shopping, and how this is an opportunity for people to get back to what the season's all about. And I know um, I wanted to give you an opportunity to touch on that a bit, Jamie. Sure. Um... You know, you raise you raise a couple of, of, you know, I think really exciting things that are very embedded in the Giving Tuesday movement, which is that all different kinds of entities can participate. You know, you mentioned merchants and retailers and businesses, and one of the most exciting things that we've seen around the country is that it's not just nonprofits and donors that want to get in on the Giving Tuesday action, that there are all kinds of organizations um, you know, large and small companies, you know, like mega retailers all the way down to, you know, little mom and pop, you know, shops who really see the chance to, um, to, to sort of be part of the generosity movement. And we saw that a lot in, in one of the campaigns that I led for Giving Tuesday here in Baltimore, um, where we had, you know, 50, 60 merchants who really wanted to be able to show their commitment to the community in a way that, you know, for a lot of small merchants can be, can be hard to do because they don't always have, you know, lots of extra money to sort of give to a nonprofit in cash, but they can be really instrumental in spurring support for a nonprofit that they care about. And so we saw, non, we saw merchants that um, gave a percent of proceeds. We saw merchants that did really interesting partnerships, like one of our great running stores here in town, um, partnered up with an organization called Back on My Feet, which is a running charity um, for homeless men and women. And they did a, you know, sort of a partnership campaign for Giving Tuesday where for everybody that shopped in their, uh, in their store on Giving Tuesday, they gave a percentage of their proceeds. Um, one of my favorite campaigns is that there's, uh, there's a retailer, I guess you'd call it sort of a men's salon, sort of a step up from a barber shop. And and they did a creative campaign around Movember, which is the month that many people know where people don't shave, men don't shave for a month. And the ah, yes, or the no-shave November, Movember, I like it. Exactly right. And so, um, so what they did is they did this really great campaign where they went out to all their patrons and said, look, for all the money that you're saving in November by not shaving, because they're, you know, they're a place that does shaves, 
they said, please consider saving all that money up and give it to a charity on Giving Tuesday. So all kinds of creative ways that, um, that merchants can get involved in the movement and feel like they can really be part of giving back, even if they can't give back money. Um, the other thing I think that, you know, is interesting about, about what you said is that there are, um, you know, many ways that, that the, sort of the, the citizens in a community can come together. So you, know, you noted in my title that I work on civic campaigns around the country. So I work with um, coalitions of community members who want to all come together and do a campaign that's about the overall community. So just like the campaign I mentioned in Baltimore, you know, we, we ran a campaign in Baltimore called Be More Gives More in 2013, we're working with 50-some of those campaigns around the country where a whole wow. community is coming together around Giving Tuesday. And, and what's so inspiring about it is most of the people that are leading these community efforts, and this is everywhere from, you know, tiny little towns like Newton, Kansas, to in your backyard, Newark, New Jersey, to, like, huge states like the state of Illinois and the state of Maryland, they're coming together as, as coalitions, you know, sort of civic coalitions, and saying, you know, we want to activate our citizenry, you know, in the spirit of generosity and gratitude. And, and it's been so exciting to watch how those kind of coalitions have built and formed around a day that, you know, really just three years ago was just an idea in a smart person's mind. And so it's, it's really been inspiring to watch and to be a part of. You know, and, and I think that's talking about the growth of it and the potential for growth. There is a survey by uh, the Templeton Giving Survey by the John Templeton Foundation found that just 18 percent of Americans are familiar with Giving Tuesday, um, while almost 93 percent are familiar with Black Friday. So even though we've seen uh, a very big increase in the amount of participation in Giving Tuesday, there's obviously a huge opportunity for growth, especially if we can rally around it, continue to promote it. Um, you know, I mean, no one's saying it'll match the amount of money spent on Black Friday, but I think we already have established it's not just about the money. Um, it's about all the other activities that are done, um, you know, organically to help others and participate in the season. But the fact that, you know, that amount of people are familiar with it based on, you know, a pretty reputable survey in in this uh, field, I guess you could say, um, really shows the opportunity for growth and the fact that it's, you know, in its fourth year, we really could continue to push um, and have more people participate in it. Um, what are some ways that you recommend um, people either who are just starting out or maybe hearing about it for the first time um, share with others or do things in their community if, if they're not really sure what they want to do, but they just feel like they want to get involved somehow? How would you recommend to them taking the next step, Jamie? So I, I think that there are many ways that people can can get involved with Giving Tuesday. I think one of the one of the great places to start is to think about whether there's a cause or a cause area that you feel some personal connection to. I think what's most important when you're ready to become a giver, and Mark, it sounds like you've gone through a little bit of this exploration, is it's it's really good to sort of figure out What's going to make you feel good? Because really when you're giving to a nonprofit, in addition to sort of making a difference in someone else's life, a big part of what we get from giving is like that helper's high. Oh, you're you know, so right. Like, I, I never forget the first time I did. I thought it was just going to be like, okay, you know, I can at least say, you know, I did this. And then it's it was infectious. I mean, it was it was the best part of my, you know, cr uh, Christmas season or for many people, whatever holiday season for that year, but particularly for me. 
I, I, and I remember it. You know, there's many holidays where, you know, maybe you don't even remember what you got or you gave people, but I, I remember that very clearly. And I remember each organization. I mean, it, for me, it was a lot of money. I gave $250, but I split it between five different organizations. I'll be completely honest. I won a fantasy football league and I had some money and I was like, you know what? I don't need this. Uh, I'm going to give it away. So I picked, you know, I think it was like UNICEF. You know, I've been touched by uh, cancer in my family. So I did the American Cancer Society. I love animals. So I did the SPCA. Um, you know, and that, those were just three of the organizations. But how, the, what did you call it? The helper's high? Helper's high. Yeah, yep. I didn't even know that was a thing, but I definitely had it. <laughs> Well, and I mean, that's like, that's a perfect example of how to sort of begin and what a, you know, what a great way to spend your, uh, your fantasy football with. <laughs> um, you know, I think that, I think everybody feels a sense of connection to something, you know, I, whether I think diseases are often a place, you know, they, they can be sort of, um, you know, a gateway into giving because so many families, unfortunately, are touched by disease in some form. And um, and there's so many great organizations out there. You know, you can figure out what matters to you. It doesn't necessarily have to be to one of those giant organizations like the American Cancer Society that they do amazing work. You know, you may want to give to an organization that, um, you know, helps somebody that's housebound with cancer, you know, have have a meal. I mean, there's there's all different kinds of ways that you can find your connection. I think that one of the one of the best ways to do it is to start by, you know, these days with social networks, you know, go out to your friends and say, look, I love animals and I'm looking for an amazing animal organization to support on Giving Tuesday. And you'll start to get some feedback from people you trust. Because um, while I agree that it's great to go to, you know, the charity navigators and the guide stars of the world, and they're, they're absolutely, you know, valuable. If you, if you have any suspicion, if you're concerned at all that perhaps an organization that you've heard about um, may not be totally on the level, they're a great place to go and check that out. Um, but, but, that's, but they're full of, you know, hundreds of thousands of nonprofits across the country, so it can be kind of a hard place to start. I think a lot of times it's easier to start with, you know, people whom you know and trust and and ask them for inspiration. And if they've had a good experience with a nonprofit, that's probably telling too because, you know, if you really think about it, you know, you you talked about your sort of that that sort of entry point kind of donation. Well, over time, what will cause you to give to those nonprofits again is how they treat you after your gift. So, you know, the donation in many cases is should be the first step in a relationship with a nonprofit that really tries to inform you and engage you and encourage you to understand more about how you can make a difference. And that's really when I think about, you know, how to how to help people find things that they really connect to, you know, I ask them to think about not only, you know, what what happens when they could get that helper's high the day they give, but then really what happens afterwards? You know, how does that nonprofit engage you? How do they, how do they continue to make you feel like you matter and make you feel inspired to, to, to advocate on their behalf, to support their work? And, and that's, you know, that's one of the beautiful things about Giving Tuesday is you can really use that day as the starting point of a relationship that, you know, that can be, you know, a place where you can really feel like you can have an impact all year long. Jamie, I want to thank you so much for coming on. Unfortunately, we are out of time, but I just want to direct everyone to please follow our guest Jamie on Twitter at generalcity.com, general underscore city.com. That's G-E-N-E-R-O underscore city 
and it's not dot com. I'm sorry. Twitter handles these days are tripping me up. So at general underscore city. That's at G E N E R O underscore city. The website to go to is givingtuesday.org. Again, that was Jamie McDonald, the founder of Generosity Inc. Um, if you'd like to uh, give to any of these organizations or just find out more about Giving Tuesday, um, like I said, go on Twitter, check out hashtag Giving Tuesday. There's a lot of great ideas out there. And I uh, definitely encourage you to do what Jamie said. Ask uh, your friends, whether on Facebook, Twitter, or just in person, your friends and family, what are some charities they like? And uh, I would go from there. This is Mark Romaldi in for Leslie Marshall. We'll be right back with Ellen Ratner, the head of Goats for the Old Goat, another cool charity that we're going to be talking about today. We'll be right back after this limited commercial break. Welcome back to the Leslie Marshall Show. This is Leslie's executive producer, Mark Grimaldi. I am joined in this segment by a good friend of the show, Ellen Ratner. You know her as the bureau chief for the Talk Radio News Service. But today we're talking about a different uh, relationship that Ellen has. She is uh, the founder of Goats for the Old Goat. And you just heard we were talking about Giving Tuesday and some organizations that people might want to promote. Well, this is an organization that we at the Leslie Marshall Show would like to promote. And I'm going to give Ellen the floor to tell us about Goats for the Old Goat. Ellen, go ahead. Well, thank you so much. So uh, I started this as an old goat when I turned 60, which was, believe it or not, four years ago. Time flies when you're having well, fun. Well, Ellen, you're brave. You know, many people won't even give their age on the radio, so I'm I'm, imp- I'm impressed. And also, <laughs> I'm going to suck up a little, but if you see Ellen on Fox, she does not look a day over 50. Yeah, well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting up there fast. But in any case, so we started this because we believe that goats are a great way to help people for sustainability. So we give out female goats, and we give them in South Sudan. Now, South Sudan was part of Sudan, which was, uh, Sudan was an Arab country, is an Arab country. South Sudan is a Christian country. And what's fascinating about that is that most people don't realize that they have had more people killed than Rwanda and Cambodia combined. It's the largest single ethnic genocide since the end of World War II, 4.5 million people. But because it happened over two wars, over 50 years, people don't think of it as as a huge genocide, but it was. So we're trying to take people, many of whom have been very traumatized, some who eat every other day, and give them a goat. Now, what happens, first of all, is that goat's milk doesn't need to be homogenized, so it provides immediate nutrition. We only give female goats, so they're not eaten from meat. Uh, I don't eat meat myself, so that's why we give out lady goats. And also, goats usually have about two kids a year, and those kids then can be actually used, if they're sold uh, to other families, uh, to send a child to school because the cost of uh, two goats actually pays for private school and usually some food uh, for those kids to go to school. So wow. it, it really is a sustainability project. 
and we buy the goats in South Sudan. We're the only animal group to give people a photograph of their goats and the recipient. So you see where it goes as opposed to some of the other quote-unquote animal groups that say, well, people understand it's metaphorical, and sometimes we don't give out the exact animal that you paid for and all that. No, we give out a goat, you get to see the goat, et cetera. The other it's true. I, I actually had the, the exact experience when I gave the organization So last year. So Ellen is fully uh, telling the truth about that. Well, thank you. Of course. <laughs> so the other interesting thing, and I know I just spoke with your producer, is what, you know, why is this a concern? Well, there's two concerns. One, I spoke about the genocide. And when you ask people who have been educated in South Sudan, and I'm not talking about uh, people who have been educated outside of South Sudan. I'm not talking about somebody who's educated in Uganda or Kenya uh, or, or Great Britain. I'm talking about people educated in South Sudan. And you say to them, what was Hitler? What was World War II? Uh, uh, what was the Holocaust? They look at you like a blank stare. One person finally said to me, and I brought my cousin with me from Cleveland, uh, who came to South Sudan with me and said to me, well, what? Uh, uh, yes, I know who Hitler was, and I'm going, okay. Hitler was from Germany. I'm going, I finally got a hit here, right? Wasn't he a missionary here in South Sudan? What? And so because the Arab North kept the Southerners from knowing about the Holocaust, they didn't know what was happening to them. So now we want to do Holocaust education, which we plan on doing as well. We just uh, sent... Uh, one of the people to, one of the ministers, actually, to the Facing History course, actually was a member of parliament, not a minister, to the Facing History course to learn about the Holocaust. But we give out these goats, and we also, by the way, have hearts on our website, goatsfortheoldgoat.com, that you can give to people. Uh, they're made by women in our post-traumatic stress project. So we really have their beautiful Swarovski crystal hearts. We bring the crystals over, and uh, then they make the crystals, and and we sell them. Uh, So uh, the GOATS project is something that is a great Christmas gift. You'll get a certificate right away. It may take up to a year to get your photo, but you will get a photo. Uh, We try and do it as soon as possible, but it, again, depends on when we can buy the GOATS. Now, my other concern, Mark, and this is really a big concern of mine, is ISIS. And, you know, we've been talking a lot about ISIS. ISIS has South Sudan on their five-year plan. We know that from people in South Sudan because they're very upset that South Sudan became Christian and parted ways with the Arab North, and they feel like they're infidels, uh, et cetera. And so uh, that is the big problem right now. And we, by, by giving people a way of sustaining themselves, by giving people a way of eating and having nutrition, we really can. It's not going to totally fight ISIS, but it's one step in the ISIS fight. Well, it can empower them as well, because as you said, the goats can then produce you know, offspring and can be sold uh, in order to send their children to be educated. And if they have education, they have a, a better way out of the situation. Ellen, unfortunately, we only have one minute left, but um, I wanted to just promote uh, goatsfortheoldgoat.com. I also um, read that you have uh, Ge- the GEMS Development Foundation, which stands for so Goats what, Education, what, Medicine, right. and Sustainability. Goats for the Old Goat is our website because that's how I started the nonprofit. But now we've expanded to GEMS, which is Goats Education, Medicine, Sustainability. Uh, Shalina Spinoza is a doctor, so she has taught medical school there. We have students coming over to St. George's. Education, three times this year we actually had uh, teachers from Columbia University come over and give education. 
education seminars. So we do everything, but we make sure everything's sustainable. Ellen, I want to thank you very much for your time. And most of all, um, I do want to say, not to badmouth any other charities, but I was giving to some others, and then I found out about Goats for the Old Goat. And uh, I will tell you, they do everything that they say they follow through on. There's also gifts you can go on uh, and get through the website um, in order to promote whatever you'd like um, or help the organization however you'd want. But I definitely recommend checking it out, goatsfortheoldgoat.com. Also, if you donate, uh, please go on Twitter and hashtag GivingTuesday to promote it uh, for others to find out about goatsfortheoldgoat.com. That was Ellen Ratner. This is Mark Ramali. We'll be right back after this.